Hi, I'm Lynn, and I'm your host of the Living Large in a Small House podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy this new episode. Welcome to another episode of the Living Large podcast. Today, I'm so delighted to welcome my friend, Kim. She's the creator of the blog, Cottage in the Mitten. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. I'm so excited that you could be on this morning. Let's start with sharing with our list, my listeners a little bit about yourself, like your family and where you live. Okay. Um, I live in Michigan, hence the name Cottage in the Mitten. A lot of people don't know that um, Michigan is shaped like a mitten. I just recently found that out. So that's that for you. Um, I have, I'm married um, to Big Al. I've been married for 33 years. We have three grown sons, two daughter-in-laws, and three granddaughters. Very cool. Now, we both know each other because we're both bloggers, and mm-hmm. we both, I, we met in the previously, well, I guess it's now the defunct, um, the Stone <laughs> Mastermind group. Right. And then we met in person in Atlanta, Georgia at the Haven Conference. I think that was the first time we met each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we recently met at, um, we, I came up to Michigan to go to Liz Marie's Mercantile Market. <clears throat> and we met yeah, there and I got to meet Big Al. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and then a few weeks ago, we met up with some of our blogging girlfriends for a girls weekend in Kansas. And what fun did we have? It was so fun. It was yeah. a great weekend. I know. Sure. I, I needed that like belly laugh, have a good time <laughs> kind of a weekend. It was really a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it was really fun. And we did shopping and blogging and laughing and it yeah, was all I'm- the things, right? Right. I'm ready to go back for the shopping. You missed yes. the, the last missed store the- we went to. Oh, my gosh. Kim. Right. Oh, I, I would have just- loved it from the pictures. I know yeah. I would have loved it. It was right up my alley. There. I could have just yeah. lived there. <laughs> so Cottage in the Mitten. And you're right. A lot of people don't know the Mitten of Michigan. Emma, my daughter, when I, t- I was talking with um, her and Keith about interviewing you and she didn't get that whole part. She didn't right. know the whole part either. <laughs> yeah. So we are both from Michigan, which is an, another interesting fun fact. Right. I, however, was born up in the UP, but um, <laughs> we were chatting before we started recording that I still have a lot of um, cousins and family, both in the UP and in the Mitten. Um, my dad went to school in Michigan, went to college in Mich- Michigan. And um, actually, <clears throat> World War II was, and then being able to go to college on the GI Bill is kind of his way out of the UP. I mean, right? that was a yeah. big deal. Um, That's great for him that he was able to do that. And his brothers. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, well, I started that little segment about my life. So you'll hear, you'll find out. Right. More it was great. Brothers. It was really great. So we're both bloggers. When did you start your blog and kind of, can you explain why? Because yours is a totally different reason than why most people are blo- started blogging. Right. I, well, I, I knew I wanted to start a blog around the end of 2019. I, it had really been laid in my heart that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I knew zero 
about blogging. I knew zero about blogging, but um, I, I officially started in 2020. And um, like I said, I knew nothing. And I was on Facebook and I just saw an ad pop up from from Carrie-Anne. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do a blog. I'm going to join this group, you know, and see what it's all about. And the reason I wanted to do the blog was because um, I make blankets for a cause and I, I turn around and I uh, donate part of the proceeds from that to find a cure for brain tumors. Um, my middle son was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 16 and I just felt really led. I felt like God was leading me to do that. And so I thought, okay, I don't know anything, but I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to learn it. And um, so that's what I, that's what I did. It's so funny you say that because I have actually had my blog for a very long time, but didn't, didn't really do much with it because I had a full-time job and blogging is not easy. We all think no, all, it is all we have to do is write. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I saw the same pop-up and I'm like, aha. And I kind of knew of her. I had one of her books. I wasn't, I didn't follow her, you know, necessarily, but it was kind of like, this was meant for a reason. There's some reason why I saw this. And so I joined and it, Honestly, all the things I've ever done, all the classes I've ever done, it was the thing that really got me on the trajectory of having a successful blog. Um, and I, you know, it's, I don't know, it was a combination of the group, but also the combination of all the people that I met and the support that I felt from right. oh, everybody. So good. So I, I learned so much. I, I like, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today had I not joined that. And um, just the people that have come alongside me and helped me and um, poured into me and um, didn't laugh at me when I didn't know what I was doing, which was a positive. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was great for me. And it, it's really helped me a lot. And we're still supportive of each other. I, you know, right. in so many oh, I, ways. Because so many ways. It, it's it's an ever changing business. And just when you think you have it figured mm -hmm. out. It Something changes. flips on you and you got to figure <laughs> right. it out again. So, right. yeah, exactly. I think COVID was also the big impotence for a lot of us. It was like all of a sudden we had this time on our hands and we're like, what are we going to do? Um, we also seem to be of a certain, at least the ones of us who are close with each other, seem to be of a certain age where we're trying to figure out what, what we're going to do with the rest of our Right, lives. right, <laughs> right. It was a great, it was a great thing to pick up at that point right? Um, in, yeah. in my life and just moving forward with it. Yeah, it was, it was perfect timing, really. So let's talk about your cause and let's talk about when Mitchell was diagnosed at 16 years old. I can't, I just, I can't even imagine. Sure. Um, well, just a little bit of a backstory. Mitchell was diagnosed um, with like chronic migraines at the age of four. It had nothing to do um, with a brain tumor or anything, but he had migraines. And so throughout his um, childhood, it was very common for him to have migraines once a week, um, twice a week. Sometimes he'd be in the middle of playing with kids outside and he'd come in and say, I have to go lay down at six years old. So, I mean, it was, it was not something that was uncommon. So fast forward to 16, um, the Sept uh, September of 2011, 
he started coming to us and saying, you know, <clears throat> my head, my head really hurts. I, you know, I had a headache yesterday. I've got another one today. Um, we took him to the doctor. The doctor said, you know, migraines come in succession. It's just what they do. Um, we'll give him something different to take. And so they'd give him something for his migraines. A couple weeks go on, a couple more weeks. We go through this whole process with the doctors for about two months. And I finally said, look, um, I, I, want, I want an MRI. I want a CAT scan. I want something. Something's not right. He's losing weight. Um, I, I just really had to push for it because they were just in the motion of he has migraines. This is what mm -hmm. it is. But three or four drugs later and nothing's working. I'm angry. Right. Right. So they find he woke up one Sunday um, and he said, if I have to keep living like this, I can't go on. I'm in such pain. And so I called the doctor and they scheduled the um, CAT scan for the next morning. They scheduled or the next evening. So we went to the hospital and I went by myself with him. I, we were moving into a new house at the same time. And I was just like, it's no big deal. I'll just go with him. Right. Um, I'm sure it's fine. But uh, lo and behold, it wasn't fine. They found a um, two and a half centimeter tumor in uh, his brain. And it was growing from the left ventricle of his brain. So um, he had surgery um, two days later. And it took three weeks before they could diagnose him. It, his um, sample was sent to a couple different hospitals. It was sent out to U of M before they could diagnose it. They originally thought he may have a glioblastoma, which is something you never want to hear. Right, right. So it was a very trying time during those three weeks. It was Christmas. We were moving into a new house, um, not knowing what our, our future would be, what his future would be. And so they finally diagnosed him with a benign meningioma and less than 5% of kids have it and less than 1% have it in the area of the brain that Mitchell has it. And so the, um, from diagnosis, then there was surgery because even though it was not cancer, he couldn't live with that tumor no. in his brain, no. obviously. No. No, because it, 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 it was growing from the left ventricle and that's where your spinal fluid rotates between the left and right ventricle and mm -hmm. through your spinal column. So he had, um, his first surgery in December of 2011, they monitored that in like six months. And then in September, I think it was actually every three months in the beginning, and then in September of 2012, um, they found that the tumor was growing back, that they didn't think that they had gotten it all. And they went in and they did surgery in September of 2012 to extract more of the tumor. Um, and in that surgery, he lost part of his um, peripheral vision on his right side. Um, and then he proceeded to have a reaction <laughs> to the... Um, um, the stuff that they use to coagulate your blood and everything right, during right. surgery. Well, he had a reaction to it. He started getting swelling. And in October of 2012, they had to go in and put a piece of shunt tubing in to drain that. Oh, geez. Um, 
Yeah. And then he, his tumor grew back again. And in 2015, he had surgery again. So he's had, he's had four brain surgeries in a span of four years. And now this is something that you continue to have to monitor because you don't know if it's going to come back again. Correct. Correct. Well, the whole problem is, is when they extract it, when they take it out, they're taking out that whole round section. And mm-hmm. if they leave one little cell on the edge of that circumference, it can start growing. Mm-hmm. And so Mitchell was almost five years clean. He was going for his five-year checkup and they found out that his tumor was growing back. And at that point, they decided to try gamma knife radiation on him. And he just had his follow- two-year follow-up um, this week and the tumor is not growing and it's stable. So yay. That's such yay. good news. Yeah. So, yeah. Such great news, but it's a constant, he will have to monitor it his whole life. It's a, it's a, a life long yeah, journey diagnosis sure. for sure. And in the midst of this, um, you decided you wanted to do something probably I'm going to just guess, but probably not only for a cure, but also kind of therapeutic for you so that you're do, taking those fears and that anxiety and putting it towards something that's going to help in the long run. And let's talk about that a little bit. Right. So um, during that first year or two of Mitchell's diagnosis, you know, you try to do things to keep yourself busy and not think about it and Uh um, not dwell on it. It's always there, but not dwell on it. And I had always um, sewn, not crazy, but throw pillows, balances, my kids costumes sometimes. And so I had a lot of leftover fabric. So I just started cutting like six by six inch squares out and I just started sewing them together and I would just make a blanket here or there. And so as time went on, I gathered so much uh, people had given me fabric and stuff and I just started making them. And then I started selling them and I thought, gee, you know, why don't I sell these and donate part of the proceeds to find a cure for brain tumors. And so that's kind of how it evolved. And I thought, how can I get my message out where it's not just word of mouth and stuff. And that's why I felt led to do the blog. And now the blog has, I've sold blankets all over, all over the Uh United States now. And like, it's so cool. It's so cool to be able to do that and donate back and know that um, something good could come from it. And, and right. I, and, and that the blankets just aren't the only thing I've seen God use Mitchell's story for so many things, but this is just one way that he's used it. Right. Now the blankets, you're still selling them, obviously. And people yes. can find those on your blog, which I'll leave all that information in the show notes. Do you do custom work? Um, I have, like, if somebody says, you know, I want a blanket that is more neutral, or I like these colors, um, I just kind of put something together, I'll show, show them what I have, and say, Uh you know, I have, does something like this work? Or do you have something specific? Um, I've had people say, Oh, I want something that has birds on it, or, and, and so I just find fabric like that. And I, I just create it no rhyme or reason. I just put the fabric colors that match together and it's not quilted. You know, it's not quilted. Mm -hmm. It's 
just a blanket that's sewn together. And I use um, the six by six squares and in the pattern, I turn one of the patterns upside down on the blanket. And that pattern represents anyone who's struggling with a brain tumor. Oh, very, very cool. So, so if anybody's interested in helping support the cause, would you pro- I assume you make them different sizes or are they just kind of like throw blankets or they're more, they're more like a throw blanket. Uh-huh. They're more like a throw blanket. They're, um, they're not maybe like a twin size bed, but not full like that enough yeah. for you to cover up with and, or display yeah. or however you want to use it. I mean, and- if somebody wanted something specific, obviously I could do that mm-hmm. for a charge. For a charge, but part of it goes to charity. So yeah, there you go. So it's not the only thing that you guys do. I've noticed on your blog that, you know, you have quite a bit of pictures about runs or walks for a cure. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. We participate in um, Head for the Cure. Um, They do runs in um, various states across the United States all year long. Um, And they always do one in Detroit and we put a team together. We have a friend who um, also has unfortunately suffered from uh, a meningioma diagnosis. And with their family, we do a run together and we raise money there and we, you know, run for a cure. That's that's what we do. Right. Now, I've read and heard that while more funds are being allocated for brain tumors in kids, it's very an underfunded compared to adults. And yet it's a totally different thing when you're dealing with a child than an adult when it comes to brain tumors. Right. And there is, there is so little research. When Mitchell was first diagnosed, like I, my husband and I were searching everywhere on the web, doctors, you name it, looking for everything we possibly could. And it's just not there. It's so underfunded. And, um, you know, my hope is that over, I mean, they've made leaps and bounds in, in certain areas with certain tumors, um, with like glioblastomas and there's lots of new treatments and stuff for that. But for something like what Mitchell has, I mean, the, the neurosurgeons just tell me there's just no, there's no funding for it because it's so rare that they don't feel the necessity to put their funds there. Right. So well, and the fact that it, it that his sample got sent to three di- or four different places tells you right there that they don't understand it or they don't really know it. Right. Well, and, and because it's so that form of tumor is so rare in a kid, I think it was hard to believe that he actually mm-hmm. he had one. So and yet he did. But yet he did. And yet he did. So yes. where do, when you donate your part of the proceeds to um, the cause, where exactly does it go? Can you share that with us? Yeah, I donate to Head, Head for the Cure. I donate right to Head for the Cure. They do more um, with cancerous brain tumors, mm-hmm. but um, that's, where, that's where I donate my money. I donate it to Head for the Cure and I donate 20% from each blanket sale that I have. Very cool. So living with this diagnosis, you mentioned, you know, it's a lifelong thing, going to be a lifelong thing for Mitchell and for your family, but a diagnosis 
affects the whole family. It's not just Mitchell who lives. For sure. For sure. It does. Can you talk a little bit about that? How, you know, you're going along moving at Christmas time, probably looking forward to this new adventure and then bam, and it changes everything. It changes everything. And it really puts in when people say things like, oh, it really puts life into perspective. It, it truly does. I mean, it changed us as a family. You know, I have an older son who was 18 and I have a younger son who was 11 when Mitchell was diagnosed. And so what they walk through emotionally and what we walk through emotionally as parents, it's similar, but different. Right. Uh-huh. And, and you have to learn that although you're walking through this horribly scary unknown journey as parents you have to remember not to forget the other kids that are there right right? you have to learn to put everything into perspective and say okay even though our eggs are right in this basket right now and this is what's on the forefront what do each one of them need what are their needs how are Mm -hmm. how are we gonna love on them and keep everything together so it's I would say Even now today, 12 years later, I would say we're far more closer, you know, as a family, we appreciate life. We appreciate each other. We have um, a respect for each other um, that I'm really super proud of. I'm I'm proud of my family and how um, we rallied together and how we support Mitchell and he's now married and has a beautiful wife. And it's just, um, it's, it's always there, but I I guess we try not to always dwell on it. Right. 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 Well, and recently Mitchell had to have another scan and you wrote a blog post about it and talked a little bit about perseverance and you rely on your faith very much. Totally. Yeah, totally. I believe that, you know, when this first happened uh, to Mitchell, I had a very close friend to me. I was sitting there and I said, why Mitchell? Uh And she said, you don't, you don't get to ask that. Right. You don't get to ask that. And it was, it was a very pivotal thing that was said to me at that specific time, because I realized that, like I said earlier, God has used Mitchell and his story for good countless times. Mm -hmm. Um, to speak into other people. He has shared his testimony at churches. Um, He has been shared, his story has been shared at um, places outside of our state. So I know um, that God uses all things for good. I, and even though it's really crummy and it's really hard, I totally see God in it and using it in, in our family. And that's the most important thing. I would say to anybody, just have faith and rely on it. And, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. Right. And, and while we're here, we just have to be positive and rely on God and have faith that he's the one that's in control and we're not. Uh Well, and let's go back to the fact that you said our family is so much closer than we ever would have been. So even though God sometimes gives us challenges and trials that we think, like you said, why, why me? Why not you? And look what, uh, what, look at the great 
goodness right. and grace that you got from it in the long right. run. I mean, it's, sure. it's crummy um, that it happened, but some good did come out of it in a way. Um, good, right. Good has come out of it. And, and I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for Mitchell's life. I'm grateful. Um, you know, everything that he has been able to accomplish has been a celebration. Right. Right. You know, everything because he's here and he's alive and we're able to do all those things as a family. So it's it's a celebration for Mitchell, but it's a celebration for all of us in our family. Yeah. So let's switch gears just a little bit. Okay. (laughs) That's that's intense, isn't it? Yeah, that is a little intense because I mean, anybody who has a child, even people who don't have a child, we I, I just think it's a it's a walk that many of us haven't had to take and can't imagine what that would be like. But right. thank you for sharing that with us because um, of course, I think that there are people who are walking through some challenges in their life and to hear somebody be positive about it is really important. Well, so. thank you. Um, one of your sons, I know, just recently bought a house. So while you make blankets and you're a blogger, you also enjoy home decor and you right. um, like doing DIYs. Not a, we're not the DIYers that some of our friends are. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not. But I do like a good DIY. Yeah, I do while, too. But, <clears throat> but I do love home home decor, um, a pretty table setting. I love to do all those kinds of things. I love blue and white. And it's funny, that's kind of my blog has evolved into that. And people always say, well, what kind of blog do you have? And I'm like, well, it's, it's my lifestyle. I don't know if it's your lifestyle, but it's, it's a blog of home decor, a little DIY, a recipe here or there. And sometimes I just share my heart and how I'm feeling. And so it's just a culmination of all those things. Well, and I think that, um, again, being women of a certain age, I find that people appreciate that we're sharing our lives in kind of an authentic way, because I think that we get bombarded by things in social media that makes us feel inadequate and that we're not good enough. And I think both of us, we do show pretty, but we also talk about that everything isn't always right. So pretty. Yeah. Um, it's not always perfect. And it's not always, um, I, I mean, I think it's, it, it's easy to get caught up in all of that. And uh-huh. as bloggers, you have to just kind of set back and know your lane and know what you like and what your readers like and, and what you feel you can share in a, good way and share it well. Right. So this youngest, it's your youngest son who just bought a house, right? Right. He just bought a house and And he teases, he teases me like 20, 26, 23. 23. And he's a homeowner. You have to be proud of that. I'm so proud of him. He's uh, he's super accomplished. And when he moved out, he said he was our last one. And I said, wow, it's, it's going to be so funny. We've had kids in our home for 30 years, you know, Mm -hmm. And um, he goes, it's okay, mom. He goes, now you have a cottage in the Mitten Junior yeah. that you can that you can come and decorate and take care of. And we have a big, um, he had uh, 
five raised beds in his backyard that are there. And so um, we've created a family garden. We've started working there and we're having a family garden where we're all contributing to it and we're all um, helping with it. So that's going to be fun this summer. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I thought that was funny where he mentioned to you that he was maybe going to pull those out and you're like, whoa. <laughs> right. I'm like, no. It's not happening. <laughs> no. I'm going to put a bed of zinnias in there. What are you thinking? So, I, yeah. I am. I'm so, I, you like me, living in the climates we live in, we get these bursts of nice days and we're like so ready to get out there and right. do stuff. We had 80 last Saturday and then we on Tuesday it was snowing and freezing here and same here you know as much as I'm I've I, I don't know if you can see I'm growing plants in in the back <laughs> right. there yeah um I'm so anxious to get out there but I know that I can't it's just not time yet you know that May 15th date that used to be like our drop dead date I, I don't know what is it's probably the same about the same for you it is but I typically don't plant I typically don't plant most of my flowers or anything till the end of May. Yeah, because if I, you can be sure if I put something out there on May 15th, I'm going to have to cover them at least. Yeah, it's going to freeze for sure. Yeah, it's the same weather here. Crazy weather. Chicago, Michigan weather. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So as we wrap this out, I want to find out a little bit more about Kim. Okay. Um, Here's I have some questions that I ask everybody. What is something that most people don't know about you? Um, well, I would say like my obviously my family and my close friends know, but in the blogging world and everything like that, most people won't know this. I'm an only child and my husband is the youngest of 17. So that's kind of funny. Um, it's very funny when I heard yeah. that. I just, what yeah. the heck? You must have been in culture shock. Please. Yeah, it it was. It was kind of. Um, it was kind of a shock. I remember one Easter, um, at a, one of the first Easter's with his family. I went upstairs and I sat in the living room, and there were two other in laws that were up there. Both another only child and one from a family of two. And I sat down and I remember they looked at me and they go, oh, it gets easier. Don't worry. You'll remember everybody's name in no time. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 it was a little bit of a culture shock, but it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing to have to a go big from family being, like that. Yeah, To be an only child, to having all that family is pretty right. cool. It yeah, was interesting cool. when, when Tammy said she was an only child and her husband was an only child. That's that those dynamics seem weird to me because you don't really you don't have. You don't have your kids don't have cousins. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, I guess coming I from was, a, a, big, I, a, a bigger family and my husband has a bigger family. It just that seems like normal to me, but it isn't for right. everybody. Not for everybody, no, yeah. no. So, if you could go anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? Italy, like the Amalfi Coast. That's where I would go if I could well, go anywhere. I'd pack my bags and leave tomorrow for there. And I, and I would be sitting in the seat right next to you because yes. that's my dream trip too. We were right. supposed to go 
and had everything, all our trip completely planned. Emma was um, doing a semester abroad in, in Spain and then COVID happened. Oh, so we didn't get to go. And in fact, we barely got that kid home. It was crazy. So unfortunate. Yeah. So unfortunate. Still, still a dream, still a dream for us. Um, Now, now that if everybody didn't keep getting married, we might, (laughs) we had two weddings. (laughs) Dreams come true. So just keep dreaming. Just keep dreaming. Now my son's getting married next in er, in spring of next year. So, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, In LA. I never, I never thought he'd get married. I never, that was the last phone call I ever thought I'd get was mom, I'm getting married. (laughs) (laughs) So if people are interested in finding out more about you and your blankets, where can they find you? Um, Cottageinthemitten.com. I'm on, uh, that's my website. You can go to cottageinthemitten.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Cottage in the Mitten. Um, You can reach me through private messaging. You can send me an email through my website. Um, I would, you know, I would love to have you as a follower, it would be great. And you could come along my kind of crazy lifestyle life that I, that I write about. So that's where you can find me. And again, I will leave all that information in the show notes and um, put it on my social media too, because I do think that it, this is such an important cause and anything we can do to support it. Um, I really like to put that out there for everybody. So thank you, Kim, for being on the podcast. It was so much fun. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, thank you for sharing about my story and my blankets and my son's story. And um, it's such an important part of our lives. And I just so appreciate you taking the time to do that. Yeah, you're very welcome. And it it came at at a time that is was especially um, poignant, which we didn't even anticipate of him having a great outcome from his right. latest scan. So we're For really sure. excited about that. So yes, I hope that everybody enjoyed this episode of Living Large Podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Large Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform so you'll be reminded when there's a new episode. Your positive likes and ratings and reviews are always appreciated as they will help this podcast to grow. You can find all the ways to follow Living Large in a Small House in the show notes.